Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Mr. Birdman's Movie Reviews. And today we're going to be talking about the 1993 comedy, Son-in-Law. And you might be thinking, why are why are you reviewing a obscure comedy from the 1990s all of a sudden? Well, the reason being is this. Uh, as of this recording, Thanksgiving is about five, four or five days away. And I figured, what what better time to talk about this movie than the week of Thanksgiving? Now, when it comes to Thanksgiving as a holiday, it seems that there are like a few, uh, there's like a lack of Thanksgiving movies, or it really doesn't get a lot of attention. Aside from planes, trains, and automobiles, as well as the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special, the holiday itself in movies does tend to get overlooked, or if it is featured in films, it's just kind of an afterthought. I already went ahead and reviewed Dutch last year, so what better way than to discuss the film Son-in-Law, which also uh, revolves around Thanksgiving. Uh, to understand this particular type of movie, we need to do a little bit of background on the, on the main star himself. That's right, the legend, the, myth, the man, the myth, the legend, known as Polly Shore. Polly Shore himself actually grew up in in uh, in comedy. His mother uh, was Mitzi Shore, uh, she uh, who founded the Comedy Store in Los Angeles, and his father Sammy Shore was also a stand-up comedian himself. Now, the Comedy Store, for those who aren't really too familiar with it, the Comedy Store is a comedy club that's in Los Angeles. It's still around. But back in its heyday, um, it was basically where a lot of comedians would get their big break. So if so, in a sense, it, it was like a stepping stone for them. So like, if you scored big at the Comedy Store, then you eventually would get to be on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Many different comedians started at the Comedy Store and were able to go on to be big stars. Uh, this includes comedians such as Jay Leno, David Letterman, Robin Williams, Richard Pryor, Roseanne Barr, Tim Allen, and many others. So because Polly Shore grew up in this environment, he knew that he wanted to go into stand-up as a career. In fact, uh, when all of his uh, classmates were getting ready for their SATs, he basically just turned his form around and was like, you know what, I know I'm not going to go to school, I want to be in stand-up and eventually into acting. Uh, so because of those connections, he was able to, to do two things. One is that he was able to open up for Sam Kinison, who is one of the most... Uh, underappreciated comedians of all time, and he's gone f way far too soon. Um, it also led to him getting his own television show on MTV entitled Totally Polly. Now, Totally Polly was a show that did run on MTV from, I want to say, 1990 to about 95 or 96, and basically he would just go around and interview various people. Uh, Disney also uh, saw... Polly Shore as a way to promote uh, Hollywood pictures and get that off the ground. The first film that they signed him to was a 1992 comedy starring Encino Man, which co-starred Sean Astin and Brendan Fraser. The plot of that film revolved around two high school friends who discover a caveman in one of the in one of the guy's backyard. Um, while the film was a commercial hit, it grossed about $40 million on a $7 million budget, it did receive a poor reception. Nevertheless, it was a hit for the studio. 
around this time, uh, New Line Cinema, uh, the film, uh, the studio that had produced uh, films such as the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and as well as future comedies like The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, um, they approached Polly Shore to do a script for them called Totally London. The idea for Totally London was going to revolve around Polly Shore. Um, basically being a male au pair in, in London. Um, however, Disney, not not wanting to let go of Polly Shore, bought the script and they shelved it, so that way they, he could continue to do more movies. Now, with Polly Shore, whenever he would do stand-up, he basically created himself like an alter ego called the Weasel, or the Weasel, and would just speak in, like, dude slang, or, like, say things, like, really slowly, down home cook. In, buddy, check it. So I'm gonna go munching on some grindage. <laughs> so that was basically his, his alter ego. Uh, whenever he would do stand up, and he used that alter alter ego um, into his films. Um, to promote this film, MTV actually had like a wedding ceremony up in Massachusetts, and uh, Polly Shore. Uh, did uh, get married in this uh, promotion. However, no marriage certificate was ever signed. Um, and if you really go back and watch the trailer uh, for this movie, like it basically doesn't really tell you too much about the plot. Um, it basically just says that, hey, you know, Paul Shore, he's going to the Midwest and be in small town America. Middle America, middle America. But yeah, I also definitely miss those days where trailers like, didn't show you every single thing about the movie that you're going to be watching or that you're going to um, be seeing. I definitely miss those days. Um, Son-in-Law uh, was released in July of 1993. Uh, it opened up in sixth place at the box office. Uh, its overall gross was about $40 million worldwide. Uh, the budget was a little bit higher than Encino Man, but nevertheless, it was a hit, a, a minor box office hit. Critical reception was not very kind. Um, it did get off to a bit of a slow start at its box office, but to be fair, it did have a bigger competition because um, the legal drama of the firm starring Tom Cruise was out at the time. And, and of course, Jurassic Park was still out in theaters. Um, so, of course, like <laughs> if you're going to uh, come out with a movie um, that goes up or is in competition with Jurassic Park, yeah, good luck. So, needless to say, I think Son-in-Law did pretty well for itself, um, despite having a much larger competition. And also, much like Dutch, um, the film that I discussed last year in the Thanksgiving episode, um, it was a film about Thanksgiving released in July. Not really sure why the hell that was, but but regardless. So, let's go ahead and dive into the plot and, and the scene and the characters. The film itself be does begin at a high school graduation ceremony where we are introduced to Rebecca Warner, played by Carla Gugino. Um, and basically, she's the class valedictorian, and she gives, like, you know, that standard cliche high school graduation speech about making a difference in the world and how we're going to leave an impact. Um, I definitely did chuckle, like, when you see the graduating class, because, I mean, it's obviously, it's a really, really small town. I'd say the graduation class was probably less than 50. Um, that actually got me thinking about my high school graduation, and it wasn't that small, but compared to... Um, my friends who graduated um, in San Antonio and their graduation class was like 700 or 800. Mine was about, 
want to say between 175 and 190, if I had to guess. Needless to say, it was a very short ceremony. My high school graduation ceremony was probably an hour, hour and a half. Whereas like my friends that graduated in San Antonio, theirs was probably about three hours. Um, so anyway, uh, the character of Rebecca, she is you know from South Dakota and she wants to go to school in California. Uh, it's never really explained um, like what her major is in California. Like the film doesn't really dive into that too much. Um, more so like, you know, why she's going out there. I mean, there is a line in the film about um, Crawl asking Rebecca and he basically just kind of uh, gets to have her saying that she wanted to try something new. And I can totally understand that. Um, like when it, uh, when, when it comes to like, you know, going to school or even going to live in a new state in general. And it definitely does take a lot to do. I mean, especially like, you know, when you're leaving all of your family behind and you're in an area of the country that you don't really know anybody. So I can definitely respect that. Um, I thought her, that, that, um, her family was perfectly well casted. Uh, Lane Smith plays her, plays her father. And, uh, for those who don't know, he was, uh, Perry White in, uh, the Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman television series on ABC. And also he was the rival attorney in the comedy, my cousin Vinny, uh, which is a wonderfully, <laughs> which is a wonderful comedy, um, uh, co-starring alongside Joe Pesci. Um, Cindy Pickett plays the mother, which my mind was blown when I found out the other film that she had been in. She was the mother in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And as a kid, I loved Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So when I found out that she, it was the same woman, uh, my mind was just like blown. I'm like, wait a minute. I watched Ferris Bueller and Son-in-Law at the same time. How did I not miss – or how did I like overlook this? This is mind-boggling. And then her brother, Zach, is played by Patrick Renna. And his, ba- in his claim to fame is Ham in The Sandlot. Uh, You're killing me, Smalls. Um, oh, Hamilton Porter. Oh, that's definitely a great movie. So the family moves her out to California and they get like a total culture shock when, like when they're moving her into the dorms. Um, they see everything from a guy who loses his towel and you see his bare ass. And then, uh, they find out that Rebecca has like a, uh, lesbian roommate and, <laughs> And like in in the couple itself, hey, to quote Jerry Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they literally start like having like, like once everybody like introduces each other and meets each other, they literally start to have like a passionate, like romantic type kiss right in front of like the entire family. And it's like, oh, okay. And if you go back and watch those scenes, like notice like the mom's facial reaction. It's like, uh, or, or with, with the lesbian roommate and the guy who loses his towel when you see his bare ass, like you can tell she's like kind of like starstruck in a sense. It's like, oh my, like this is rather interesting. I never thought I would see that. Um, so anyway, uh, right around, so right around uh, this time, uh, we are introduced to Polly Shore's character who has the nickname Crawl. Um, and he's known as the resident advisor of the dorm. And he definitely does make friends with Rebecca, or as he calls her, Becca. So you have got charisma. It's a special quality of leadership. Um, so three months go by, 
And Becca is miserable. She's having a really tough time. She's far away from her family, her friends. Um, like she has a boyfriend that, that is back in South Dakota and she's just not really having like the greatest, the greatest time. Uh, however, Crawl does convince her to stay and actually live a little, like live out in California. Um, and actually, you know, mingling with the people. <laughs> Um, Crawl and Becca, they actually do have really good chemistry together. It doesn't feel forced at all. Um, what I like uh, about the character of Crawl is that, like, yeah, like, you know, on the surface, he may seem like a complete slacker or goofball, but he really does have, but, but he, he, he's got a lot of heart. Like, you can tell that he really cares about people and he just wants them to, uh, you know, like live their best life and live their life to the fullest there. Um, so, so about 30 minutes into the film, it's right, it gets right around to like Thanksgiving break and Carl's plans, unfortunately for Thanksgiving fall through. So Becca invites him to spend Thanksgiving with her family up in South Dakota. And this is where the real fun begins of the film. Uh, because when Becca comes off of the plane on the way or like with South Dakota, um, and the family's like really shocked because like her look is like completely uh, changed and everything, and the fan and her parents like assume that oh like crawl uh, Becca is bringing like a female friend, not realizing that it is crawl. And there's a scene where crawl and Becca's dad like get reacquainted, and he's like, oh yeah, we're old friends. I just wanted to let you know that uh, um, as soon <laughs> as as soon as you left, I popped your daughter's trunk. Oh shit! Um, Crawl does end up bonding uh, with uh, with Zach uh, because they do share a room together at the house, um, and and he nicknames him Puffy Cheeks. <laughs> so they do, in a sense, like bond in their own way, like you know, thanks to like computer hacking, as well as um, as well as talking about Playboy magazine. Um, Becca's boyfriend, Travis, he is wanting to propose marriage to her, but Becca is definitely, uh, having, having doubts. And when we see the character of like Travis, like, uh, like you can just tell like right away that like, he's like kind of a sleazeball. Um, he wears a letterman jacket, even despite the fact that he's not in high school anymore, which no, uh, no aside, um, if you're, an, if you're somebody who has like a letterman jacket and like you're wearing it and you're not in high school anymore, retire that dang jacket, give it back to the school. Come on. I mean, that's just not, I don't know. It just makes you look old, uh, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, if somebody wants to hang on to it, God bless. That's just not a look, uh, um, that I would do like if I were an athlete in high school. Um, I mean, but yeah, like it's clear that he's an he was he was an athlete, but they don't really specify. My guess is that he was probably like a basketball player or something. So anyway, there's a big fancy dinner, and it's obvious that like Travis like wants to propose to Becca, uh, but Crawl uh, basically beats him to the punch, and he makes up a story saying that he proposed to Becca. Um, and here is where and. and and right around this part of the film, to me, this is like what makes this movie like really relatable. And I think a lot of people would say this is Polly Shore's best movie because think of a time in which like you had a family member or you even had a friend or an acquaintance that was dating somebody that you personally did not like. 
And I think and and I think everybody has gone through that at least at some point in their life. Or you may perhaps have dated someone that your family didn't like, or hey, you might even be, have been that person um, that their family didn't like. Um, you might have been dating someone and their family couldn't stand you. That could have been a possibility right there as well. Um, but I do think that is a reason why I think this movie is so relatable and resonates with a lot of people is the fact that, you know, meeting families for the first time, it can be a little uncomfortable. It can be a little awkward. Um, and also the fact that, you know, Crawl, uh, Polly Shore's character Crawl is, you know, at the surface, you know, just an average normal guy. He just speaks in the dude slang. Um, and I can, and again, that's another thing that I can uh, totally relate to. Um, I've dated somebody that my family doesn't like. I've dated somebody that my friends don't like. Um, so, but I mean, you definitely learn, you definitely grow from it and, you know, you, uh, you move on from it. Um, so right around this time, uh, Becca's dad is like, um, asking Carl, like, you know, Hey, how is he going to support his daughter? And Carl's like, Oh, you know, I could like, you know, be a farmer, do the nine to five or, um, so, and, um, and so Becca's dad has like a farming hand by the name of Theo, which Carl makes jokes about right away. Like, you know, whether it's like, you know, because of like, he's a big guy and, so needless to say, Crawl gets off to a really bad start with farming. Um, the the farmhand Theo, he's just like setting him up for like total disaster. Uh, but once he does, but once Crawl does get help from Zach, um, he does start to adjust and like you know he he's actually uh, starting to get better at his job, and it's really cool. I mean, it's really cool to see. And like Crawl, he's not like backing down. He's like, hey, it's okay, first day, first day, but I'm just gonna find my groove. So. Um, the tractor scene. Oh my gosh. Like the tractor scene. Oh man. Um, so it's a scene that actually introduced me to John Denver. Um, Lloyd Christmas was wrong. John Denver was not full of shit. Um, so like crawl is just, uh, going around the farm and like, he finds like this, uh, machine, um, and he wants to play, play it. It's kind of like, a I want to say it's like a machine that like helps like, um, I guess, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a farming expert, but he uses it in like a coin free a, a cornfield. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm no like farming expert. Um, but yeah, and so he, and so he uses that while he's like listening to John Denver. Um, Crawl actually also uh, helps like Becca's mom, like you know, bring out her her outer beauty to match like with her inner beauty because there's a scene where they all go square dancing and. Crawl in a sense like helps Becca's mom and her dad like to you know like rekindle their romance, which is something that obviously has not been around for quite some time, and and that's just really nice to see. I mean, that's really nice to see like you know like he's helping the family, he's helping them become better people. Um, he even like bonds with the grandpa, uh, which like uh, the grandpa, all he does is say like oh shit or or just kind of stays like in the background. Um, like whenever like we see the grandpa, he's always like whittling wood or making stuff out of wood. Um, and crawls always like, can I whittle wood with you? Or maybe I can whittle wood, whittle wood with you sometime. Okay, buddy. Oh, sticky. Um, I remember my sister used to do that back in the day. She used to get like a piece of wood or part of wood and like, we'll just like, like to whittle stuff. Uh, can't remember if she made anything, but, but that was definitely something she liked to do. Um, speaking of the grandpa, there's a scene where, um, 
uh, Becca's dad and the grandpa, they take crawl fishing and it looks like that, um, that the grandpa is going to have like a heart attack or something. And Carl wants to give him like mouth to mouth, like CPR. But thankfully, like the grandpa wakes up and he's like, ah, so, and that's a really funny scene. Um, uh, and also after that, like crawl, like he's instructed to like, uh, like carve his own bird and like kill a turkey. But Carl, Carl does like a little, he does like a little chanter and, um, it, Basically, the turkey gets a heart attack, not necessarily the case, because when they try to pluck its feathers, then uh, then the turkey goes buck wild in the house. So right around this point, Travis, um, Becca's boyfriend, like basically comes back into the pi- into the picture and he wants to get revenge on Crawl, basically for stealing his girl. And like him and the farmhand Theo, like literally like roofy crawls beer and like and like when you see the scene like there that's a lot of roofies that they're putting into this guy's beer like it's a wonder that like crawl like didn't die um based on like how much they're putting in it and they also want to set him up uh with uh this character by the name of tracy played by tiffany amber Thiessen. um tiffany Thiessen, of course at that time was famous for being in saved by the bell as kelly kapowski um so Tracy really, I mean, like, you know, she pops up like midway through the film and then like she comes back because it's kind of obvious that like Travis and Tracy are like kind of having a fling. Um, but, but the film doesn't really go into it too much. Like, you know, they kind of give each other a look and, um, so basically Theo and Travis, like they want to set up crawl and Tracy make it implied that they slept together or that they were all over each other at this bachelor party type thing. Um, they get caught in the barn and actually, and, and Becca is upset at crawl, uh, despite the fact that technically they're not engaged, but like crawl says they are engaged. So yeah, it's really, um, out there. So basically crawl holds Becca accountable because, uh, crawl tells Becca like, Hey, you knew Travis was going to propose to you and you wanted me to come up there because you couldn't handle with the proposal yourself. Um, but thankfully, um, Travis and the farmhand Theo, like they do get caught. Um, they do their, their scheme, they do get exposed and they're act and they're thrown out, uh, because crawl majored in karate for two semesters. Um, Becca is going to be honest with her family and tell, and wanting to tell them, um, Hey, we're not really engaged, but then crawl cuts her off. And deep down, like you can tell that like crawl really loves her. And that he actually does want to marry her or at least give her a, a proper proposal. Um, and the film ends right there with the uh, family wanting to have Thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah, I know I went through like the movie or like the the key points like scene by scene. Uh, but overall, I think Son-in-Law is a great movie. Um, yeah. Is there a little bit of nostalgia factor in there for me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've. I think the first time I watched this movie, I was like 10, maybe 11 years old. Um, but I, you know what? I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's really silly. Um, I think this is a perfect film like to watch like during uh, Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just a good laid back 90s movie. Um, doesn't really take itself seriously. Um, it's very lighthearted. Um, I don't think it's really too vulgar per se. Um, you just know what you're going to get. Um, 
So speaking of Polly Shore, I actually was able to see him uh, live on stand-up. He actually came to my town in 2018, and it was really cool to see him, uh, see him do his stand-up, and everybody was laughing, and like he, he put on a great show. Um, at the end of the show, I did have the opportunity to like, everybody was standing in line. They wanted to meet, they wanted to meet him. However, his his manager or his agent at the time saying that he wasn't feeling very good. Um, and like, you know, he just couldn't do like a meet and greet or whatever, but, um, he was very kind enough to autograph a VHS, a VHS of one of his films for, for one fan. And that film that he autographed was son-in-law. So that was definitely something that I will always rem- uh, that that I'll remember from that event. Um, aside from laughing my butt off, the fact that Polly Shore took the time to get that autograph, send it back out to that fan, I thought that was really really generous of him. Um, so yeah, those are overall those are my thoughts on um, son-in-law. And for those uh, listening out there, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, considering how twenty how much of a shit show 2020 was uh hopefully this year you are able to visit your families hopefully you're um, able to celebrate uh, celebrate being together with them having some good food having some drinks um and so for for all you listeners out uh, out there be sure to chow down and munch on some grindage this is mr birdman signing out